A good buddy of mine from Duke, Jeremy Chapman, is now a child and adolescent psychiatry fellow at the Medical College of Wisconsin Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. He's also the CEO, creative director, a bit of nonsense, LLC. Uh, really just an amazing guy. Um, enjoyed my friendship with him going all the way back to the early 2000s and he took some time out of his schedule today to talk to me about what it's like being a psychiatrist uh, in these high anxiety times um, I apologize he was in the hospital um, and the reception wasn't great uh, so it cuts out from time to time I try to stop him and have him repeat certain things when it does go out so uh if, if that is too annoying that is my fault um and stay safe out there uh, i'm going to try to be talking to a couple more doctors today uh but i think it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better uh, but hopefully we can flatten that curve Antler boy. Dr. Chapman. What's crack a Just in quarantine, what are you up to? I am here at the hospital, regular day of work for me. Um, the schedule's changed a little bit. Some of our clinics and stuff have been uh, canceled. They're trying to convert them to, you know, phone or, you know, telepsychiatry-based uh, model. But um, I'm rotating at an, an inpatient unit. Um, which means, uh, you know, we still got to come here and uh, manage kids who are you know, admitted to the hospital. Where a lot of things are decreasing the rate at which we admit new kids, but it's it's a little bit complex, um, you know. And then you have all this situation. Like if a kid uh, last week, we had a kid um, showing some signs and symptoms, had to get sent out, and we basically had temporarily had to. Um, hold off on new admissions, which is tricky because, you know, we treat kids who are suicidal, psychotic, um, you know, another one of the units in the area has literally sent everyone home because it's positive. So, like, uh, you know, do your best, everybody, stay safe. We can't have you on the unit here. But it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and what are, what are your colleagues saying? Uh, you know, what's the general sense? Uh, you ask 10 different people, you'll hear 10 different things. I mean, everyone, I think people's personal levels of alarmism or anxiety are, you know, kind of factoring in. There's a lot of like systemic stuff and, you know, decisions being made by, by very high ups within the hospitals. But within that, you know, some folks are saying like, dude, I'm not, I'm not going in person to anything. And some people are saying, look, we're going to keep having these, you know, team meetings and stuff. We'll try to limit them. Like, we respect what you want to do. Like, my, my bosses have been very awesome about saying, look, you know, do what you need to do for your family. You know, uh, we'll take you when we can have you, but we understand if you have to stay home. Um, you know, in my case, I have two kids, five and one, um, and you know, my wife works full-time, too. She runs the food pantry here in Milwaukee, the Jewish Community Food Pantry. She's there right now handing out food to folks. You know, they have gloves on. Um, and they, are, uh, <clears throat> they converted the model into more of like a drive-through version instead of having the, the residents come in and, and normally the way they do it is they shop 
like it's a grocery store basically they come into the pantry and pick you know two cereal items you know three or four canned fruits right now they're doing it the kind of old-fashioned way where they're pre-bagging stuff and folks pretty much come up and take a couple bags um, but they're out there doing that right now so you know i when heidi has to work i gotta be home um and I don't want it to turn into a thing where one of us is doing our job and the other one has to neglect their job because of this. We're both of course. Keep doing stuff. Uh, and, um, you know, right now, since we're both literally at work, we have a babysitter. Not ideal. We really would have rather not have anyone else come into our house. Um, but, you know, we gotta, we got to do it. It's funny. I, I, yesterday, I was with the kids, and there was a knock on the door. I was like, who the heck could that be? Um, it's this guy, this contractor, um, who was there to like, uh, fix our basement drain. And we had both totally not only forgot about this with everything going on, but I actually was pretty shocked that, you know, the guy's carrying on his business as normal. Um, I was like, Hey bro, you know, um, we're going to have to go ahead and reschedule, you know, there's just no way we're having you in our house right now with all due respect. And he was kind of sad and cute because he, like, pulled this little mask out of his pocket and this little thing of Lysol wipes. And he's like, well, we're using these just so you know, and we're, you know, we're going to put booties over our shoes and have these wipes here. And I was like, <laughs> that's super sweet, but um, we'll, we'll pass. And he was very understanding about it, too. You know, he's like, no problem. We'll, we'll reschedule. But I just thought it was kind of funny how he, he basically had a game plan ready for when people inevitably try and you know not let him into their house <laughs> this stuff in his pocket and and, yeah. and what's your strategy for that leaky drain good question um you know it's it's fallen to the wayside right now you know you get a little water build up you know you just kind of stay out of that room i suppose throw a couple throw a couple towels down um it's not an urgent problem you know but uh it's something that we would have done in normal situations but Thankfully, I, it's not an urgent thing, and I think if it reaches the point where we're, you know, there's a major issue, um, obviously we'd have to, Heidi and I would have to have a little mommy-daddy the point where the balance is tipped that we do want someone to come in and put on their booties and take out their Lysol wipes and take a look at this thing. It, maybe it, I should be just Googling how to do it on my own. I mean, you are uh, a jack-of-all-trades. I, I imagine it's something that you might be able to figure out. It's not outside the realm of that possibility not, it's not one of my trades ck i admit it's not it's not one of my trades i, I think mean, I, I, I think you're underestimating yourself yeah yeah i i i would love to develop that trade um this is as good of a chance as any to to start putting on my uh my fix it cap um but uh it remains to be seen how much i can realistically do i did change uh I changed the battery in our fire, uh, one of our fire alarms last night. So that was pretty solid. Um, got up there on the ladder. Made sure that the that the right charge was going into the, the right socket. Uh, you, you don't want to get that backwards and have to go back up onto the ladder. Right. No, I mean, I did not have it in the correct way at first. But, again, I troubleshot. I realized, uh, you know, I probably have to flip the direction in there, flip the script, open it up again, and then hurry those those beeps and I was like we're in business got up there screwed it on no assistance and um felt pretty uh proud about uh the whole thing and, and what's next the carbon monoxide alarm we have the we have the built-in we got the dub so it oh, takes wow. care of both 
That's uh, uh, and it's uh, these uh, speaking ones. It's like uh, carbon monoxide sounds like it, it has this whole voice in it. That's good because you don't want to get confused between the carbon monoxide poisoning and a fire. That would be uh, different. Different crises require different solutions. Exactly. I don't want to be searching around for flames when, in fact, I'm misinterpreting the sequence of beeps. And uh, so she's got her back. She's going to tell us what's going on. You know, as a little bit of a context, can you can you tell us exactly what your role is at the hospital and, and how many people in Milwaukee you serve? I'm a child and adolescent psychiatry fellow, which means I'm still wrapping up my training. Um, and as a trainee, I rotate between different sites. I mean, even people who are done with training work at multiple sites usually. Um, so I have some inpatient stuff like I was just describing where I'm, you know, working on, on the units with nurses, doctors, social workers, um, other staff, and there's, you know, a handful of up to 25 kids. But right now we're a little bit low on the census, more than 15 a day, um, just due to the circumstances. Uh, and I help out. I see kids. I interview them. I, uh, many of them, this is their first exposure to uh, mental health treatment, certainly inpatient level of care. And, um, I gather information from the patient about what's going on. I, mean, I talk with the patient's parents, usually via phone. Sometimes they come in for in-person meetings with us, but I think we're limiting it to phone. And then I make, um, you know, medication recommendations. Maybe start you on uh, some Lexapol, maybe Trazodone, so you can sleep a little bit better. Put the orders in, and uh, you know that's basically here now i have a few other places that i rotate we have outpatient clinics where we you know see patients for an appointment in the office we check on their meds or um, we do psychotherapy um, you know I'll sit for 40 45 minutes with a kid and um, kind of go over some you know anxiety workbooks or you know i like to get out there with a, with a whiteboard have them, stuff, have them draw their bedroom talk to them about what's going on those things are canceled right now outpatient Clinics for us in our hospital system are on hold while they try and figure out a way to do it via phone. So we have a little bit of found time there um, during which I plan to kick up my lip dubbing game, post some YouTube videos, keep people smiling and happy the best I can. Uh, and then uh, I actually also rotate at the county hospital. Um, it's where I moonlight. So I'll be working basically an overtime shift to make a little extra cash. I'll be Moonlighting uh, this weekend from Saturday at 8 p.m. until Sunday 8 a.m. And uh, that's a psych crisis service, basically a psych emergency room. So we see people coming in with acute crises, children, adults, anything else. Uh, many of them are brought in by police involuntarily because of something that they said or did in the community that led to them basically needing to get evaluated by us, whether or not uh, in agreement. And uh, people come in. Again, we have a triage system. Some of them have to go straight into our restraints room because they're um, posturing or, or behaving in a way that we cannot manage them or, or speak with them. Some of them need to have uh, injections of medications so that we can uh, keep them and our staff all safe while we reach a point where we can talk to them. Some of them will come in voluntarily and we'll just again talk to them, figure out if they need to go to a rehab facility or get admitted to an inpatient unit or maybe just go home that night. Um, so it's, it's an interesting setting. It's a fast-paced setting. Um, it works 24-7, and they're, they're making some modifications there, too, so that we have a special designated medical triage area now where we ask those COVID questions. 
and if someone needs to get sent out to a, a full medical hospital for clearance, then they would do so, because we're a psych hospital, we have a limited number of, of interventions we can provide medically. You don't have, you know, ventilators or you know, a lot of that emergency type equipment. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to know if you've been in contact with any colleagues in New York, in the Washington area, uh, you know, perhaps uh, anecdotal evidence coming out of Italy or China or France um, about a causal relationship between, say, a spike in uh, anxiety um, disorders uh, or anxiety episodes and the just increased uh, anxiety in communities because of COVID? It's definitely happening. And uh, just like the actual cases of COVID, I think that the number of cases of worsening anxiety, panic episodes, depression, um, are many or probably undiagnosed uh, as of now because it's just starting to happen. Um, certainly the people who are on our radar already, uh, we know that their symptoms are likely exacerbating um, with all the uncertainty, and I do imagine that there, you know, there's already a, a well-known shortage of uh, mental health providers, uh, child psychiatrists. Uh, you know, I think in Wisconsin it's about one child psychiatrist for every 2,500 kids, 80 psychiatrists. Would you, Jeremy? Would you repeat that stat? Your uh, your connection's actually. Um, uh, sure. F- falling out there. Um, the reception's a, a little wonky. So if you take the population of kids in Wisconsin yeah, and you narrow it down to all the kids who have a mental illness that would require medication management from a psychiatrist, an MD, even within that population, there's approximately 2,500 kids in need of mental health treatment per child psychiatrist. And that's typical for most states around that number. Um, that's obviously increasing. Um, you know, everyone is now kicking into high gear trying to get telepsychiatry up and running. It's existed before this, but now it's going to become pretty mainstream to see people via, you know, um, privacy secure video platforms, um, and treat them that way. Uh, And as a clinician, um, it's, it's pretty obvious to me, at least, what you gain from that, you gain um, the safety of not being in the same room as a patient. But what are some things that might surprise uh, a layman like myself uh, about what you're going to lose from not being in the same room as a patient? Like, what do you lose across that stream? I think the most surprising thing for you and for all of us is that research has shown that outcomes and patient satisfaction are essentially the same whether it's in-person or remote via telepsychiatry. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously there's certain things we're missing. We can't smell them. We don't know if certain elements of their hygiene are intact. Um, you know, if they're already seated by the time we, you know, view them, we might not get a sense of their gait or whether or not their movements are all intact. I mean, if you needed to, you could have them get up. But Psychiatrists, as doctors, obviously do a lot less physical exam than other doctors might need to do. There are some things, depending on which medications our patients are taking, that we might need to test for movement disorders or um, or locked joints, things like that, that we have a limited ability to do. Um, But again, I I will say overall, uh, 
vast majority of our job is doable pretty well with seeing and hearing the patient because it's in real time. Now, if you're talking about a phone visit, that that eliminates a large percentage of our ability to interpret the patient's uh, mental state because there's a lot that comes with just seeing their facial expressions, their gesticulations, their posturing. You know, you, if you're hearing a patient say that they're fine, but you don't see that their legs are shaking or they're tearing up, um, that limits you. But no, the video telepsychiatry is uh, surprising. Boston has really good evidence behind it. I'm I'm really glad to hear that because uh, you know I know that here in New York uh, we are on this partial quarantine and a lot of us are going to be stuck in apartments uh, for the foreseeable future and. I know that my friends who are parents, you know, with kids ranging anywhere from a few months to uh, teenagers, uh, have some real concerns about just the how tight spaces are here, and you know the, those families that are more harmonious are probably going to get through this easier. Um, but there, if there is any tension at home, uh, this forced togetherness, uh, you know, just being feet away from each other, uh, could have some pretty dire consequences for, for relations. And I, I'm guessing that you're going to be seeing um, you know, the collateral damage of that in your work. Yeah, there's a certain inevitability that um, said uh, the water starts to boil a little bit. And, you know, whatever was already tense can be exacerbated. At the same time, I'll speak for my own household, but I think this may be the case with more households than we realize. Some of them might be upset by the just general increase in compassion that I think we're all inclined to feel. Um, so whereas, yes, you know, tantrums might be increased or people might be fighting more over, you know, the, the Xbox or what have you, um, I think a lot of this has put us as a as a society in a, a state of you know just stepping back and recognizing each other's anxiety and fears and wanting to be more affectionate and hold each other closely in a good way. Um, so maybe some of that will will balance out in the end. Maybe people will turn some corners and be forced to to talk with each other a little bit more. Um, I, I I'm curious to see how that all plays out. But I do have some options about that. I, I think that that is something I hadn't considered, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. And, you know, I, I know you have to get back to work pretty soon here, but I'm curious to know, as a silver lining, do you think that the ramping up of telepsychiatry infrastructure will long-term help with the mental health of of the country if if we can get these in place and and have you know the various procedures uh, figured out uh, over the coming months uh, do you think that more people down the line will have access to care which otherwise uh, because of uh, perhaps not being able to get to a hospital or see someone in person they're going to have that access now and we'll be able to scale in ways that uh, were were not easy to accomplish in prior times a hundred percent this is something that needed to happen that was starting to gradually happen um, the the development of telepsychiatry infrastructure and new services and you know uh, online health records and you know you said um, HIPAA secure 
video platforms, this stuff has all started to happen over the last handful of years, but this out of pure necessity has um, kick-started into a much higher gear, and uh, it's hopefully going to stay after that, remain there. I mean, I imagine it will. I've already, I'm in some Facebook groups with um, psychiatrists and, and even telepsychiatry Facebook groups, private psychiatry, uh, private practice psychiatry groups, and a lot of people are saying, I guess, well, I guess it's time for me to jump in and start doing this isn't bad. I actually, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. My patients are happy. They sit here in my you know, pajamas. Um, I get to stay, you know, obviously they get to stay safe. There's not the exposure um, element of it. And I think a lot of people will, yeah, once you go tell you never go back type thing, or at least have part of their practice be telepsychology, which would be a huge help for those individuals in rural areas or who just simply don't have to Wait, you know what? I just lost you for a second there. Uh, I yeah. lost you after rural areas. You, you cut out. Yeah, people who are in people who are in rural areas or just simply don't have access to mental health care. This will be a huge boon for them. Uh, or people in places like New York, where there might be a months to years wait to get <sighs> in to, to see someone. Um, this will definitely confer a large amount of benefit for that. I I hope that it's a silver lining we can look back at. Uh, with with a bit of appreciation. Uh, and my last question for you is I've always loved the idiosyncratic lens through which you look at the world. Is there anything that uh, with this crisis has been uh, something that makes you smile? That you're just like, this is a quirky outgrowth that, that, um, that you know, amuses you or catches your fancy? Um, you know, any, any behaviors, any little quirks, uh, anything you might be able to share with us? A bit of nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. Willy Wonka. That is, you know, the, uh, that's the, I guess, starting point for me. That's my central thesis right now. Wait, and w- and will, you re- will you repeat that central thesis at the, the end part cut out? Yes. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest men. Yep, really well. Um, uh, I think it's totally true. I think we're actually being forced to engage some silliness, some humor. Uh, I've been having fun on Facebook, reading different posts, memes, making some myself. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn up my lip dubbing game right now. So be on the lookout for some, uh, some new material over there. We need to keep each other busy, smiling, entertained, and connected. And uh, that's. I think that the world will get a little bit more uh, silly, again, out of necessity right now. That's another thing that I, I hope will stick around after this. Um, because uh, as another one of my favorite phrases says, uh, this is a Japanese phrase, you're a fool whether you dance or not, so you might as well dance. I like that a lot. Profound. Yep, yep. So those it- are my uh, those are my take-homes, yeah. Well, and I'm just I'm just glad that this is one of the longer conversations you and I have been able to have in the last couple of years, and so you know, I'm I'm thankful for for this opportunity for us to talk and for you, you to share your thoughts and perspectives on on what's going on, and um, I hope your community stays safe. I hope that you know your wife is uh, able to continue to 
dole out food uh, for those in need that your two young children uh, remain healthy and that your patients uh, gain a measure of solace in, in in what you're able to bring them. So thanks, buddy. I really appreciate the, the time this morning. Much appreciated. It's good to talk to you outside uh, of the chessboard. How's your chess game going? So you, <laughs> you'll appreciate this. I actually had to, uh, I, I had to delete the app from my phone about a month and a half ago um, because I was, uh, I was demonstrating some really obsessive behavior um, that was becoming destructive. Uh, I would find myself in a hole of chess that was uh, four or five hours deep, and it was really, really hard for me to crawl out of it uh, in good spirits. And so uh, I made the tough decision to take it off my phone. I'm playing one... Uh, uh, one move per three days game on my iPad, but um, I've I've reduced my chess time um, by upwards of ninety nine percent. So um, I, th- well, I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> do. Why don't we get some stamps so you can't play some correspondence chess through the mail? I'll send the, a, I'll send <laughs> that that would. Uh, I'm not sure if that would. Um, benefit your ability to troll me or if it would diminish your ability to troll me because yeah, we can write a whole letter of, uh, <laughs> you know, smack talking after every single move that's how they did it back in the 16th century you know send it back and forth and uh talk a little shit you know uh, I, I, I i am well aware i'll, I'll take i'll take that uh, chess by uh correspondence under uh, under advisement i'm just not sure how Sanitary days. I'll have to get those Lysol wipes, just like uh, yeah. your plumber. Yep, yep. Well, D two, D four. On that note. <laughs> on that note, take care, my friend. Be well. Later, bud. <laughs>